everybody. Hi, friends. Well, from beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah, it's Thank God I'm Atheist, the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, Dan, Mormon women are being put (laughs) back in their place. Nobody puts sister in a corner <laughs> or on uh, this up on the stand yeah with the uh, men they're they're making sure the mormons are making sure that any possible progress that they have made uh is being <laughs> cut back they they don't like it they don't want Ooh. it they do uh, not want progress progress is bad it's the, what what they're insured well okay we'll talk about it later <laughs> they just they you know sometimes you see hemorrhaging and you're like well we should open up that wound further <laughs> indeed all right well first on the show as always we have uh some news stories from the week to respond to yeah uh, things that have been happening out there in the world uh dan yes um this one uh, comes to us from Springfield, Illinois, uh, where there uh, there's the uh, Hospital Sisters Health System is based, uh-huh. sure. uh, and they are removing. <laughs> this is amazing. They are removing crucifixes, right? <laughs> okay. This, this is a this Hospital Sisters Health System. This is Catholic hospitals, right? Yeah. I need to press just. Make sure everybody hears that they are removing crucifixes from emergency (laughs) rooms and patient rooms. Okay. Uh, The the, let's see the the decision is a response to quote the changing healthcare landscape, (laughs) and we certainly don't want to mislead anyone in thinking this is from um, a representative of the health system. Mislead anyone in thinking that we are all moving away from our main tenets. Of Catholic healthcare, uh, we continue to be a Franciscan-centered healthcare system in all policies and care delivery. Dan, what the hell does what the hell does Catholic healthcare mean? It's well, uh, <laughs> traditionally there have been crucifixes fucking everywhere, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, what do you think, Dan? Would you like to take a guess as to what they're going to be taking down, or uh, like why they're going to be taking them down? Um. I no, I, I have no idea. <laughs> Why would they do that? Uh, people were using them as weapons. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what the hell is going on in this world? We, this is well, this is not a healthy world. Yeah. Apparently, one of the things that is happening is that patient uh, violence has been on the rise, um, <laughs> and it's been causing uh, healthcare systems and states uh, to take action uh, across the country to, oh my God. to uh, uh, ensure the safety of their workers. They've been receiving, and even in this specific uh, system, they've been receiving um, training on, quote, management of aggressive behaviors. <laughs> uh, and let's see, they have to go through um, intensive training to learn de-escalation skills. Yeah. Um, they, let's see, the system also has active shooter trainings, silent alarms, oh 24-7 surveillance, emergency phones, um, so on and so on. And now they are removing the very dangerous uh, wooden and metal crucifixes, and they are researching safer replacements. So the I, crucifixes will be going back up. Yeah, with they're some just going to be of like soft plastic. 
crucifixes. Nerf, maybe. <laughs> Flexi um. silicone. <laughs> Here's the thing. It actually makes me really sad mm-hmm. that uh, that our healthcare professionals are having to deal with oh, dear God, all this yeah. violence and stuff. Yeah. Like that that's not okay, and I I feel for them. Yeah. Well, apparently, they have identified the the ones that they are the the several crosses that they will be using uh, to replace them, and then they will be uh, they'll make sure that they are also uh, properly uh, and securely affixed. To the walls or to whatever surface they're being applied, so they cannot be pried off and used sure. at, to bludgeon or stab or whatever it is that. Good God! Um, that, that we've we've seen. I mean, we've seen other uses of. I mean, crucifixes are uh, they're pointy. The, you, you get the, one. Yes. You get one uh, and start wielding it angrily, or yeah. manically, or whatever. Yeah. It, that could, could go very hurt. that could go very sideways. Really, really, really hurt. So, yeah. Well, no, it's good. I, it's good that they're taking the steps to protect their uh, employees. But lest anybody be concerned, <laughs> the crucifix is some kind of crucifix is going back up. Oh my god! That, <laughs> it, you know, you you have hope in the world sometimes, and then you know a good story comes along to. To make sure that you don't keep that hope for long. <laughs> let's let's not don't get crazy here. I mean, they, is, they is sh- what the yeah. universe is saying to us as we hope for a better life. Yeah. All right. Fine. Well, I'm not gonna make the world any better uh, with any of my stories either. So uh, let's let's move on. I've got Pope Francis responding uh, cautiously, mm-hmm. uh, being very concerned. Because uh, there's there's been uh, there's been movement in the German Catholic Church. Okay. Um, there there was the German Church just held a synod, their own little synod. Ooh. Uh, and they you know they actually listened to, you know, women, which is not that's never a good thing, uh, including to theologians uh, and some other things. So. Uh, so the Pope wrote a letter to four women that hmm. that participated in this synod, hmm. just saying he's worried. He's worried about a bunch of the steps that uh, that are actually being taken in some uh, Catholic churches in Germany, including, uh, but not limited to, you know, being nice to gay people, genuinely considering uh, that women should be involved in things even priesthood for example mm. but the pope the pope is very upset uh very worried about this and said that it he thinks that they are uh they're they're moving away from the rest of the church he doesn't want oh. that they're threatening really? to move even further away from the common path of our universal church wow. yeah they are threatening to do that they uh the the synod, the synodal path which is the organization they have uh, supported the blessing of same-sex couples. Uh, Some clergy in Germany uh, still do it. They also promoted uh, the idea of just reconsidering the church's teaching on homosexuality entirely and uh, allowing women to be ordained priests. Holy crap. Crazy, crazy shit happening in Deutschland. And, uh, 
the the Pope is very uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Yeah. These these people are not acting like Catholics. Well, yeah. And he's already in plenty of trouble about, (laughs) uh, you know, about all this liberal stuff. Anyway, he doesn't he doesn't need some uppity women making it worse on him. (laughs) As they do. They just can't they just calm down? Well, Dan, it's uh, it's funny that you 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 went with that story because I have a story of Pope Francis actually being the nice guy. Well, yeah, being the one that they all paint him as that he never actually yeah, is. Right. Well, this this one is actually really interesting. Um, this story, I saw this story on uh, ChristianPost.com, uh-huh. uh huh, and it was it's written from the most horrifying transphobic perspective. Sure. Um, but it had a link in it to the actual uh, AP story that they were pulling from. Okay. About, about how Pope Francis had invited a group of trans women uh, to come to a Vatican luncheon. Oh. Uh, and there's, there's this really interesting history with this one specific group of um of women in a town called uh Torvainica who it largely are comprised of sex workers uh, largely from uh South America immigrants from South America huh. um but other like service industry type jobs like housekeepers sure. and whatnot um but who during the the pandemic were uh, had had lost all um in sources of income right mm. like they they had no way to make money as immigrants they didn't really qualify for any kind of w- whatever italian government financial assistance might have been available they didn't qualify right. for it or any kind of programs for housing and whatnot and so they were completely they were in a bad place and um, they started seeking out the assistance of a local parish priest by the name of Andrea uh, Conocchia, who uh, provided food and um, mainly it sounds like food um, and just aid in general. And he was receptive um, to their their pleas for help and that's disgusting (laughs) and he uh so he was able to provide them with some assistance and then but he encouraged them to write to pope francis and ask for what they need right like okay like you basically you need to let the pope know about you you um all of y'all and what you're going through yeah um and so they did And um, they started receiving uh, official church assistance from the Pope's chief almsgiver, who then uh, later in the pandemic uh, took them to the Vatican to receive uh, vaccines because they did not qualify for the, again, the Italian government's program, their their help through their health system. Um, So they took them directly to the Vatican to get uh, their vaccines actually getting the vaccinated like way ahead of most Italians. And then the Pope has been inviting 
them to a monthly reception thing, right? Mm. Um, a brunch. They had brunch. <laughs> I think it was a brunch. Although, like this this awful story I found uh, in the Christian Post, um, they were invited to this uh, luncheon that was largely for uh, the poor. But um, but yeah, the the Pope has been uh, treating them uh, quite well and and listening, like actually like receiving them and disgusting talking to them and um, and listening to their stories. Oh, I know just the worst. Right. And of course, the the tone in the Christian post Uh is one of revulsion. Right. How how could this be happening? And, what and a disgusting Who is this thing. this 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 pope? And they they try to find some justification like, well, he's actually, you know, said some pretty awful things. Don't you worry. They've actually he's said some bad things about the the trans yeah, community. So, lest you think he's like coming totally around on this, right? Yeah, um, he's hateful, don't worry. He's still hateful. But what it seems to me almost considering uh the story that we talked about a couple weeks ago at this point, about um, the, the Vatican issuing new guidelines as to like how to like to what level members of the trans community can participate in like sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, I'm I'm wondering if like where the Pope is really standing. Like it's almost as though when you like meet people. And get to know them and start to see the humanity in them that you somehow like actually become less of a dick. Yeah. Isn't that weird? About them. Isn't yeah. that weird, Dan? I don't know that I buy it. <laughs> I don't know that I buy it either. But um, the, the church, obviously the, the Catholic church's um, new stance it shows some evolution on the topic, which is obviously always good news even though it's probably not the full evolution that people would want, it's right. clearly evolving. And uh, yeah, I just thought it was really, really fascinating. Um, just how like through the, the, this, this process of getting to know people and providing aid. And like one of the uh, women tells the story of like, she prepared a, a plate of empanadas mm. and actually took it to the hearing or what, whatever um and uh and the pope was like yes thank you like he was like actually i mean like really excited to get some homemade empanadas he's uh so, he's from south america yeah. he knows what's up <laughs> so yeah oh my gosh yeah the the outrage when someone does something right is always delightful even if that right isn't isn't, isn't very much it's such a such a small step yeah like literally <laughs> oh my you mean to say that a follower of Jesus was kind to the downtrodden, even if they are sinners? Yeah. Even if they're considered sinners? Wow. That seems pretty revolutionary. <laughs> Never heard of such a thing. All right. Uh, I'm going to take us to Vermont, mm. where I was reading this story, and it, I I went on a roller coaster of emotions and thoughts as I was sort of figuring out where I stood on everything. Okay. Um, my stance on most of this is going to be obvious. What we're talking about is uh, some high schools, including the Mid-Vermont Christian School, or the MVCS. Okay. They, you know, it's obviously a private Christian school, 
but they do have sports teams. They like to play against uh, all of the uh, all all the other schools, the public schools, the public schools. Okay. So they do. Uh, but back in February, they they missed a game, and the reason that they missed the game was that they were boycotting it because Long Trail School, uh, which is which is the division division four school that they were playing against in the girls basketball state championship hmm. had a trans girl on the team. Oh, and they were not about to play against that. Why? Be- big, uh, because <laughs> shut up, shut up is why the, uh, the head of the school of one Vicky fog said, we withdrew from the tournament because we believe Playing against an opponent with a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of our players. Mm, oh. Safety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, I think that was the real concern, was just how unsafe it would be to play against a trans girl. Uh, it, <laughs> yeah. It was obviously stupid. And, and you know, what... and. Also, just you're depriving your your students of the chance to play a game that they like to play, uh, and and the chance to even compete in this tournament. Because what you're, you, we all know it's not a safety question. You don't care about the safety of these students. You care about being bigoted. You care about your bigotry. That's more important to you. Anywho, so it turns out that uh, these tournaments and even and indeed participation in academic sports uh, or or anything uh, by anything of the that's organized by the public schools is run by the Vermont Principals Association. It oversees all of the uh, the athletic competitions and other competitions. Mm. And it's you know, you don't have to join that as a private school. You can just go on your merry way mm, right uh but if you do join it there are rules and one of those rules is you got to play the teams that they say you got to play oh wow and so uh the mid vermont christian school was summarily dismissed from all uh enfranchisement with uh with the 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 league with the whatever it is the, really you know, the district yeah okay they were just kicked out. Uh, Jay Nichols, who's the the executive director of the the VPA, uh-huh. the Principals Association, just said, "If you don't want to follow VPA rules, that's fine. But then you're just not a VPA member." That makes sense. That's reasonable. So there you go. Uh, literally kicked them out so all the way out. Which uh, now they're suing, of course, because they uh, that meant that they aren't participating in anything. They're not participating. It's like, you're not invited to the science fair. You're not oh, invited shoot. to the, uh, to the anything. It's the G O B, whatever the math fair, all of those things. You are out. Good. Um, for this, the principals association. Yeah. I, again, my struggle with this has been like, again, we're punishing the kids for dumb, uh, things that the adults do. Um, yeah, I mean, but sure, 
right? Yeah. Life isn't fair. This is an important lesson for the kids, I think. It, yeah, it's important. Uh, but of course, the lesson that the uh, the Christian school takes away is that they're being discriminated against for their beliefs. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure. So much. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're they're suing. They've got the uh, oh, who are they? The Alliance Defending Freedoms on their side. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, of course. Yeah, I'm sorry. The Alliance Defending Bigotry is uh, right. is representing them. Um, we'll see how that turns out. Well, the Alliance I, Defending Bigotry. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who they really are. <laughs> I mean, they 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 use the the term freedom, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's obviously bigotry. Oh, anyway. Dan. Yeah. In a rare move, um, a uh, Baptist pastor uh, who's also um, a Christian college president uh, has uh, apologized. What? He actually has um, admitted to being wrong. Uh, His offense, Dan... Oh, this is going to go so wrong. So, so I, there's a shoe about to drop, and I am... Uh. All right, so this is Pastor John Wilkerson of the First Baptist Church of Hammond in sure. Indiana, who, as I said, he's also president of a Christian college by the name of uh, Hiles Anderson College. He recently held a seminar um, <laughs> with, uh, let's see, let's, this is what he says about the seminar uh, with all my heart. What I wanted to do was to educate, equip and empower God's people to face and to give ammunition for the fallacies of evolution and humanism that mm. permeates our society. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such a problem. He continues, though, that was my goal. I grieve to tell you that I probably did not make the best decisions in many arenas. (laughs) I failed to screen properly what was going to be said or shown in some ways. And I think I hurt many people. I grieve that I embarrassed the First Baptist Church community. I think for the Hiles Anderson College students and the men and women who have sent their their kids, their students here, if I sent an uncertain sound... I apologize, and I sincerely ask your forgiveness. I don't... Oh, I am deeply uncomfortable (laughs) with this uncertain sound business. I don't want to cause a distraction, and I certainly don't want to be divisive. Oh, Oh, really? Oh, you don't want to be divisive. (laughs) That's how very very considerate of you. So this is all in response to criticisms that the seminar received one of the most prominent came from uh pastor alan domel of maranath 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 (laughs) uh, baptist church in oklahoma um he had to say there are times my heart breaks and this is one of those times this past weekend First baptist church in hammond indiana invited a group of men into their church to teach on creation Then on Monday, these same men went to Hiles Anderson College and taught the students. These men were not Baptists and do not claim to be Baptists. In fact, one is a member of a Reformed church and the other claimed from their pulpit that he is a Methodist. No! Oh, God! Someone please think about the children! (laughs) He then went on to criticize... 
Uh, one of the presenters, a man by the name of David Liddy, as a, <laughs> he called him a long-haired hippie. Oh, God. Who should not be in the pulpit <laughs> preaching to Christians. Um, he says, a long-haired hippie teaching in the pulpit is in direct contradiction to scripture. First Corinthians eleven fourteen says, doth not even nature itself teach you that if a man have long hair, it is a shame unto him. Oh my God. Have you seen the picture <laughs> on your own wall of your own savior? <laughs> uh, yeah, there was also some controversy about the fact that one of these, one of these non Baptist uh, speakers uh, quoted from the, uh, I believe it's the new international version of the Bible, okay. the NIV. Sure. Instead of the, uh, Baptist preferred King like, James, I'm assuming. Oh my God. Um, if you know anything about Bible translations and versions, you know that the King James <laughs> is like the worst choice. <laughs> no, no, maybe not. It's not the worst choice. You could go with the message Bible, which by the way, any of you, uh, if you ever have the opportunity Check out the Message Bible because it is astoundingly good. So good. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it just caused such an uproar. Oh uh, this poor guy had to, like, give this very serious apology, Dan, for, um, I mean, I'm sure they were completely correct in their creationism. I mean, right. right. No, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I, I doubt they strayed you, from the message, right? Yeah. You're um, all the same, you idiots. <laughs> everything you got is the same as everything everybody else has. Yeah. It's there's just no difference. You are it is these are distinctions without differences. And nobody was up there saying, actually, you know, human evolution. Yeah. You know, you know hey, wait a minute. This might be a real thing, you guys. Uh <laughs> I was looking at it and I was, I, look, I'm as shocked as you, but what the hell? Then that might be real. Yeah. Right. Nobody's that, saying that. Right. An apology for uh, long hair. Yeah. Well, that's good. Also that's, Christian post, everybody. This, it is honestly the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to close this off with a, uh, a story that was generously sent into us by a listener. This was from Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. Who who's who linked me to a story, and then uh, I I'm gonna start off by this. This was a, a particular. The story's about books, and okay. Jenny wanted me to be aware of a particular book published by uh by Brave Publishing, and this book is called The Legend of Naranja. Ooh, uh, it's a children's book. And okay. uh, Naranja, for those of you who don't speak Espanol, is uh, orange. Mm. Uh, and and I'm going to read you the book's description, which is all the fruit in Fruitland are excited for the big race that will determine their next leader. Naranja is the crowd favorite, but when Senor Banana puts Sweet Lady Manzana in danger, <laughs> Naranja must decide what's really important. Oh, yeah. Will he squeeze the day and become the next leader of Fruitland or save Lady Mansana from becoming applesauce? <laughs> uh, <wh> <laughs> okay. All right. 
cute. Ah, uh, maybe cute uh, until you realize that the Mansana or that the Naranja in question is in fact a cartoon orange Donald Trump. Oh, uh, it is with 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 leaves to 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 be his his shitty hair. <laughs> Like how how do they not know that they are also making fun of this guy while they are in at the same time trying to laud him? What? I'm so confused. It feels yeah. like this could only be making fun of him. No, this is like, uh, how is this in any way a pro Trump book? As a matter of fact, the uh, there's a photograph of the uh, I assume married couple that wrote this book. Hmm. Uh, Andrew Gamberski and Anna Paulina Luna. Gamberski is in a uh, a military outfit uh, with his with his red beret on top. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't look it up. Military dudes. <laughs> he's in he's in his dress blues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, they uh, yeah, this is a very very much a right wing propaganda thing, and it's part of a thing that's. Attempting to make itself happen all over the country. Uh, it happened a little bit in uh, Spotsylvania County, Virginia, mm. where there has been a lot of uproar over books. Uh, mm. The the school board headed by the superintendent. Mar- so the superintendent, Mark Taylor, uh, has removed more than 30 titles from high school libraries. Okay. Um, you can guess what the topics of those titles are. Uh, But a new, there's a new uh, sheriff in town when it comes to books. And that new sheriff is none other than Kirk Cameron. (laughs) No, of, of very old TV show, growing pains Mm -hmm. fame. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's our generation for all you young kids out there. Uh, Anyway, Kirk Cameron, not only uh, has he written his own, terrible books for children he has he is doing do you remember the the uh the book fairs the scholastic book fair oh yeah i loved them uh so so he is he is presenting his own book fair a competing book fair (laughs) the sky tree book fair which has which has wholesome uh books none of this yeah well the scholastic ones are are just horrible just awful. I, I'll let Cameron speak for himself. This is a quote from a, a video on his uh, Twitter where he said, you can replace these harmful scholastic book fairs, harmful scholastic book <laughs> fairs, Lord. with helpful, wholesome book fairs, uh-huh. with 500 books that have all been vetted and screened to take out all of the nasty pornography. <laughs> the, oh, God, these people are so And dumb. the critical race theory and the race stuff. <laughs> the race stuff? The race Get rid of the race stuff. stuff. What we don't want is race stuff. <laughs> I think that just means people of different races. I think that's uh, literally all that means. Just no, no. Whites only. These we books, don't need we race promise stuff. all of these books only have white people. No, they have oranges. They have orange people, which also like what my my big beef, just from your little description, now knowing that this is about Donald Trump, um, he seems to be wrestling over a decision. That's just out of character. 
That's some bad believe, writing, right? right there. Like that man has wrestled over a single decision <laughs> in his life. I also think that I think that the book is meant to be an allegory of uh, the 2020 race. <laughs> that, and so I'm guessing that. So they they've come up with a, a bold thing that he is that uh, uh, he's chosen to save someone else rather than become the leader of the of Fruitland. Uh. Uh, no, there was he. There was no alternative that he was choosing instead of choosing to be like he didn't he didn't throw the 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 presidential race for a noble cause. Right. He just fucking lost you guys. Right. Ugh. So anyway, don't don't go out and buy the legend of Naraha Naranha. That's that, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, hopefully this is not happening. Like, it's important to note that books are being banned all over this country. Utah is one of the worst. Yeah. Uh, lots lots of states are are really uh, really going out of their way to uh, to get rid of books that do things like and. Let's be clear. What we're talking about here, the pornography that Kirk Cameron is so worried about is literally nothing. There is no pornography in these books. There are a couple books at the high school level that are like young adult books that have non-descriptive like romance scenes between gay couples. Mm-hmm. Uh that that exists. I think that's probably what the pornography is. But also, if you asked him, I'm certain that, you know, a a children's book where one of the characters has two mommies or two daddies is pornography to him, too. Like, that's (laughs) total pornography. That is what we're talking about. And the critical race theory things that he's talking about, a not critical race theory, just including black people or, you know, there's a brown person or a, an Asian person in there somewhere. That's that's about as as bad as it gets. Or the other thing that they are very opposed to is saying that anything racist has ever happened in history ever. <laughs> they they really hate it when you do that. So please don't say that to them. It makes them feel real icky feels. They get a little triggered. They do. They get very triggered. Well, if you're triggered by them, you can reach out to us and tell us about it. Our uh, email address is podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Stick around. There's more show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, we have we we have talked over the years about one Jason Rapert, mm. the, uh, the dirtbag former state legislator from Arkansas, who's who's always been he's the guy that tried that that did end up putting up the Ten Commandments on the uh, state grounds, and then oh got yeah, okay. knocked over by the guy in the car, right, right, the, right, the crazy dude, um. Here he is. He has now apparently been put in charge of uh, the state library board by Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Yes, she is governor of Arkansas. That's disappointing. Anyway, 
in in sort of in celebration of his new post in charge of books, Right Wing Watch decided to repost a uh, a little clip of him from uh, not from back in March, as, as recently as as this March. Hmm. Dude's a peach. I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll just let him speak for himself. This is what the NACL does every day all across this country. We are fighting for the lives of little babies. We are fighting against the people that are putting the the queer books into your school libraries and trying to groom these children into homosexuality. We're standing up. We're pursuing school board policies to save the nation. We're standing up and have our members running bills in the halls of the state legislatures to stand up against this woke ideology, to push back against the things of the devil and our country now i don't know what nacl means to him uh to me it means salt Mm. that is just the Mm -hmm. yeah sodium chloride right there but uh so glad (laughs) that he is there to fight the good fight against woke ideology um just a friendly reminder to all of our friends out there uh woke means nice to people that's that's what woke means. <laughs> Inclusive and nice to people instead mm, of hateful awful. and mean. It just sounds awful, Dan. Yeah. How, it's, a, it's I don't want to have to be nice to people. No, it's the fucking worst. I like my bigotries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have have you decorated your bigotry yet? <laughs> yeah, we're putting it up to, uh, maybe tomorrow, I think. All right. Yeah. All right. It's time to put up the bigotry. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, we had some folks write into us. Uh, I am, uh, we, we got one. This is a long one, but I really liked it. It's from DA. Uh, it says, hi, Frank and Dan. I'm from Mozambique and I moved to the States in 2020. Oh, sorry. 2002. Uh, I became an atheist around 2016 ish, although only my two daughters know about it. Hmm. Uh, I learned about Ion Hersey Ali through a client of mine, she gave me Ion's book, The Infidel. I read it, and I was pleased because she's a black African woman and ex-Muslim. Mm-hmm. I respected her. I looked up to her. But I had no idea she was an atheist, maybe because I wasn't aware about atheism to be, uh, to be a thing at the time. But in 2016, something happened to me that made me stop and take a closer look at religions. When I came to this country, I was introduced to, the, to Christianity, so I went to church and read the Bible. First, I was in a black church, which was a completely different kind of Christianity. Then uh, I separated from my ex-husband, and they turned against me. That's a completely different conversation. So, somehow, a white lady found me and took me to white church. And they will find you, DA. The white... <laughs> if, you, if anybody, uh, especially if you're in the South, if, they, if you sneeze wrong, the white ladies will find you and take you to church. Um <laughs> They were supportive, and I needed support at the moment, so mm-hmm. I kept going. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all, all this time, I didn't find it compelling enough for me to convert to Christianity. Uh, Islam was my culture because I grew up in it, uh, but I never really believed in it. I questioned everything about it. So Christianity was just another religion that I had to be a part of for my survival. Then in mm-hmm. 2016, I started my journey. I paid attention to the word atheist. I suddenly I started reading, Googling, YouTube uh, about uh, about the term, and then I realized that I had been atheist all this time. <laughs> On that journey, I ran into Ion again among Sam Harris and more and more atheists, and then you guys. And then things started happening. 
There was the Black Lives Matter movement, Trump as our president, COVID and all that. Then there she was, Ayan, talking uh, against things that I'm for. First, I was despondent. I told myself that she wasn't a good person, so I took her off my list of the influences of my life. Now she comes back with, I'm now a Christian. I'm confused, not by her, but by me. I'm questioning my own judgment. Like, how did I see her as an intelligent and free thinker person? Hmm. I don't see how an intelligent person coming from risking your life, losing your network, your family, your society, and then end up in I'm Christian. You can't be a free thinker. Maybe she's up to something. Maybe she likes attention and realized she didn't have anything special to say that would get her the attention she needs. Hmm. Anyway, uh, she says, someone please help me understand this woman. I, I, you know, okay. Uh, I will just start by saying, she is an intelligent person. I, you know, intelligent people make sort of baffling choices all the time. Mm-hmm. Like this is not the the that's that's one of the great shitty mysteries of humanity is that like really intelligent people can can believe bafflingly stupid things. It happens so much. Hmm. If you've ever met like a group of flat earthers, there are some people in there who have brilliant scientific minds. It's just how it works. It's disappointing. It's dumb. But human beings, even even like powerful brains, are often uh, often have major blind spots. Hmm. That said, I think she also is. I think this is just a money grab. I think I think the Christianity thing is bullshit. It, yeah, it sort of feels like it. it it's <laughs> it's hard to speculate on people's uh, motivations sometimes. Um, but power, like good good scientists in the flat earthers, Dan. This is a new one for me. Like engineers. Yeah, oh, those, okay, okay. Not like not like I'm not talking about like. Like, like there's, you know, geologists, <laughs> right? Okay. All right. I'm talking about, you know, people, otherwise minds... highly educated people. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, but I see it all the time. Uh, you know, I, people that I deeply respect who, uh, who believe in Jesus and, you know, can't see their way past hmm. their own, uh, sort of cognitive biases hmm. in, in that way. Right. It's just uh it's it's just how humans work. Or maybe it's how humans don't work. <laughs> uh all right. Uh Joe wrote into us to say, Frank and Dan, I was listening to your latest episode where you mentioned the Christ the Redeemer statue. Mm-hmm. Uh and the one that you saw in Arkansas. Oh yeah. The Christ <laughs> of the Ozarks. It was fancy. So good. And it made me think of the Butter Jesus statue that used to be in Ohio. Butter Jesus? I remember this. Uh, you and I are get, we're we're gonna have to talk about it. Um, it had the depiction of Jesus with his arms straight up in the air, looking like he was saying that someone just scored a touchdown. <laughs> this gave the statue the other nickname of Touchdown Jesus. The statue looked like it was sculpted out of butter. It was this sort of it, it was like a pale yellowy. Oh, okay. Creamy okay. sort of color. It wasn't actually butter. No, okay. it was enormous. Way too big to be actually made of butter. Uh. There was even a comedy song by Haywood Banks called Big Butter Jesus. 
Uh, it's no longer there, however. In 2010, it was struck by lightning and burned down. Melted. Um, it <laughs> It basically, right? Yeah. I here's the thing. We reported on that. I remember really? that story back in 2010. Oh, so in the early early days. Yeah. Okay. Really early of the days. Podcast. I'm sending you a picture of butter Jesus okay. by the way. Oh uh, just no. So that you can see it melted. <laughs> it was just. It was huge. It was right next to a church. I think. I think you could see it from the freeway, which was the big thing. Yeah. Okay. It was like it's. It's like a. It's like a torso of Jesus with the arms raised up, and then there's like a flat, uh, a cross, kind of. In his lap, but yeah. there's no lap or whatever. I don't it's, know. it's not a good. It's sculpture. A yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty bad. Okay. Pretty pretty Funny. bad. All right. Uh, too bad it burned down. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Melanie wrote in. Uh, she's referring to, you remember we talked about the Covenant Eyes app, mm. which is the app that uh, Speaker of the House, um, Mike Johnson, Johnson yeah. does, u- uses uh, with his son to make sure that they are both, it, you know, if, if either of them looks at any questionable photos online on any of their devices, it sends that photo to the other one and then says, look at what your person is looking at. Yee. Uh, yeah, it's 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 troubling. It's gross, whatever. But Melanie has a good idea. She said, oh, my God, I'm totally going to use this app. It should have been. It should be marketed as a way to spice up romantic relationships. <laughs> my partner and I could sign up together. And the app would send each other notices of which porn clips we're watching throughout the day. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Please do not give Covenant Eyes your money. But uh, but that is the correct use of that app. <laughs> if ever there was a correct use of it. No, spi- I- spicy, get, send, sending your, your partner spicy videos throughout the day. The, via a Christian app is maybe the most delightful thing I've ever but heard. The, 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 the people over at Covenant Eyes would be like, <laughs> there's all this like spike in activity, right? And they would have to like <laughs> dig in and try to figure it out. It would be kind of amazing. Because normally... And then it would if they realize the actual motivations, yeah. then they're in like this, like this, they have this what conundrum of like, well, yeah. these are, these are like, these people are paying yeah. They're, they're paying customers. Like we should just do we make money off of porn sharing? <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. Oh god, that's amazing. I really want people to to do it. I Turn just it don't into want a porn to... sharing app. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly right. It's exactly how that app needs to be. If I if I didn't care so much about them not making money. <laughs> although, you know what? If 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 the entire kink community started to get into it, and it made like headlines, oh god, that would be, be fantastic. It's so funny. I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, do we do we have some folks to thank? Uh, we do indeed, Dan. We have a new donor on Patreon, uh, a new teacher, in fact, Ooh. by the name of Amy. Oh, so Amy, thank listen, you so much. You get. Uh, all of the magical powers, all of the priesthood powers that the Mormon church bestows on a 14-year-old boy. So (laughs) that's great. 
uh, you know, as as our as our friend Uncle Mark from the How to Heretic used to say, uh, at twelve boys outrank their mothers in uh, Mormonism. Yep, that's true. Which is a hell of a thing we're going to be talking about a little bit later on in the show. But if you, dear friends, would like to become a, what? Look, the only way that this show goes, the only way that we actually make anything of ourselves is through the generous donations of uh, of people like this. So if you can, if you we look, we understand that this is a difficult time for a lot of people. We totally uh, understand that. Uh, if you if it's not a difficult time for you and you can make up for some of the other people who have had to drop out of giving us your money, that'd be great. Go to thankgodimatheist.com. Click on the support us tab uh, and then go to Patreon. There you'll get the Frank and Dan diary if you sign up at the right level. You'd you get there's there's goodies and business and all sorts of stuff. So <laughs> thanks so much to all of our patrons. We've got one more person to thank. We do indeed, Dan. Our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Davis. More show coming up. Well, Frank, Dan, a tragedy has struck. Really, in 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 the uh, the pews, the Mormon pews of California, <laughs> there have there's trouble right here in River City. Oh no! Uh, tell us a little bit about it. You're, oh you, damn! This is this is amazing. So apparently, yeah. over in the Bay Area, which by the way, Mormonism has had a little a little liberal corner over in. The Bay, the San Francisco Bay Area. Don't right? tell anybody. The, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, uh, apparently, like the Berkeley Ward is like super liberal in a really <laughs> weird way, right? Yeah. Um, and it's still Mormonism. So how liberal is it? But anyway, so a little tradition had uh, formed throughout the Bay Area, where okay, let me set the stage a little bit. It's oh yes, in, please. In Mormon Church, um. It's, it's like any other church. You've got all your pews facing the front and up yeah. on the a dais, you have like the important people sitting, you know, along with like the organ and a piano and uh, the choir, if there's going to be a musical number and all that kind of right. stuff. But yeah. always up there every week is the bishop, right? The head of the congregation and his two counselors, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, off to the side, there'll be like the two sixteen-year-olds uh, who are going to bless the the <laughs> sacrament, and and that's it. And and, and some speakers, yeah, uh, will be up there as well. And that's that's sort of the arrangement. Well, out in the Bay Area, they have this tradition of where they would also include the Relief Society presidency, right? So uh, this is the women's organization, right? And every yeah. ward has their own Relief Society president. And her two counselors, and, and and if you're worried that the term relief society might have like very sexist roots, just yeah, you're. I mean, obviously, shut up. <laughs> anyway, um, they uh, they they were invited to stay uh, or to sit up on the the the, the dais, the stand, right? Yeah. As the Mormons refer it, the whole, and they would they would sit up there too. As they were leaders of the ward, right? They Ugh. leaders of the women in the ward, but they were yeah. also they were the top ladies in the ward, <laughs> right? 
They were they were sister mucky muck is who they yeah. were. Yeah, and uh, and so, but this was very much a Bay Area thing. This was not, you know, that really didn't spread. Maybe somewhere I don't know. But this this stemmed from a group of Bay Area bishops who got together in 2016 and came up with a list of ways they could improve uh, sort of the the, the standing of uh, women in their congregations. Right. And well, that's that will never do. Their recommendations included things like uh, involving women in decision making that affected them. Right. Uh, what? <laughs> Outrageous. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> thoughts. Right. Uh, budgeting the same amount for young women's activities as for young men. Um, uh, and that's always been a thing. Like the young men have all of this, all this budgeting money to go camping and go f- do fun things. And the young women you know, get to make crafts and, um, <laughs> and whatnot at the church, um, giving equal time in services for female and male speakers. That's an interesting one because there, there usually is a woman who speaks and they're just, they're saying, well, let's make sure that it's sort of equal time. Um, these are such tiny, <laughs> tiny little ideas. These, know, right? the, and they're, and it within the church, you guys, this is like revolutionary. They're basically like, Che Guevara over here with their ideas. <laughs> um, and then they, they also include the, 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 a couple more things. Um, citing and quoting female church leaders on doctrinal topics and <laughs> sermons, speeches, and books. Right. And then uh, also referring to women by their titles as often as they do with men. Oh, my um, gosh. And so, you know, because you have your Relief Society president. So actually calling her President, so- you know, president Smith. Instead of just as er- she's just Sister Smith, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe when she's in the Relief Society and in that context, people would call her, you know, President Smith. But even then, that doesn't no, really ring I've true. I've never to me, heard that. Right? I have never heard a Relief Society president referred to as President anything. Right. It's funny, I, right? I've heard them referred to as Relief Society President Sister So-and-so. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't go up to her and say that. You wouldn't be like, oh, good morning, Relief Society President Sister no. Smith. Right. No, no. Um, and so so anyway, uh, I guess the central church, the downtown leadership here in Salt Lake caught wind of this, grew uncomfortable with it. Uh, and they have banned the practice of having women sit on the stand. They, um, they did their job and put these uppity women in their place is what they did. <laughs> and the thing is, like you're talking about how these are like the, the, the least like like possible actions they can be taken. These are just the smallest, oh, yeah. most insignificant. <laughs> they're, they're gestures, right? Right. And this is like. They're sitting on the stand. They're literally doing nothing. They're not participating in preparing the sacrament. They're not like, they're not not even presiding over the meeting, which is a thing that like Mormons talk about presiding over the meet, which is just getting up at the beginning of the meeting and greeting everyone and telling them what's about to happen. Well, yeah. So nothing like that. They're not conducting the meeting. But it was just too much. It's a bridge too far, I tell you. Yeah. A bridge too far. <laughs> and so, like, it's it's like the, the the these these women who have been participating in the church services in this very minor role 
uh, it's not participating. That was too active of a, of a, of a word. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, sitting in a different space is, yeah. in a different spot is not really participation. Yeah. And the women in their, in these wards, they feel like it's a, it's a slap in the face, right? Well, yeah. That's what they're, one of them, uh, a woman is in, in the article is quoted as saying as much. Um, yeah. and, uh, it's, it's wild. It's absolutely I wild. Mean, this is one of those things where this is this see this is why churches are so loath to try like you know last week I think we talked about the Church of England doing a pilot program where they were like nice to gay people a little bit and people were like outraged and really worried about it and the reason that they're really worried about it is that they literally like if you give a little bit it's going to feel it's you're going to spark outrage when you take it back. Yeah. And they know that and they don't want to do that. Right. And so that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's wild. These Mormons, uh, I look, we pick on the Mormons cause you know, we, we know them well and that's, that's sort of our, uh, upbringing and whatever. They're no different than everybody else. All of the churches. All of the churches are stupid like this. Yeah. I mean, unless it's like uh, one of them that ordain actually ordains women. Yeah. There are positions. a few that have done that. Yeah. Um, there are even a few that fully enfranchise gay people and trans yeah. people and stuff. And yet. But and those, yet are, they're all those are bullshit. barely oh. churches at that point. Right. Yeah. So, and, and that's and, the thing. Yeah. Like we, we talk, we will even on this show, we will acknowledge how like cool, right? The Unitarian Universalists are, <laughs> or the um, what? What's the one? The um, com- it's not Community of Christ, although Community of Christ is actually that's a Mormon offshoot. Yeah. But anyway, there, there's some of them that are like they're actually pretty a collection of pretty decent human beings, right. That are really working hard for equality and, and whatnot. Um, but then they stop somehow seeming or being very Christian. Yeah. A lot of the time. They are. Right. And and the rest of the Christian, I mean, we hear it every week. The rest of the Christian community is like, you're not real Christians. (laughs) Real Christians hate the way I hate. That's real Christianity. (laughs) Well, and the Unitarian Universalists are like, yeah, you're right. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of us are. <laughs> so yeah. But you but, know. but we as an organization, yeah, you're right. We're not. I think I think Bob is. Bob, are you a crit no? <laughs> Bob. Oh, okay. <laughs> somebody is. I'm pretty sure there's somebody here who is. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. amazing. It's, anyway, uh it's what I said earlier in the show, which is just that uh once you start hemorrhaging people. Mm-hmm. Uh, which make no mistake, like all church, ch- like churches in the United States of America, the Mormon church is like, people are leaving in droves. Uh, yeah, no, I know it's wild. You, like, you are, they, you're not stopping that. You're not stemming that problem by, no. uh, quadrupling down on your misogyny there, fellas. Well, okay. I have two things. One uh-huh. is to anecdote like uh, to confirm what you're saying about them hemorrhaging with anecdotes, because it's like, it's totally true. Like it used to be 
you had like your friends in Salt Lake who had their Mormon families. And now you have your friends, same people who have their ex-Mormon families, right? Yeah. Like it's wild. It's absolutely crazy how everybody has like, oh yeah, my sister just left and oh yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And like all her, all her kids were already out. And, and it's like, this is, it's a wild, wild, wild shift that's happening. Yeah. Um, Very common to hear about like families where all but one kid has left the church or, yeah. all, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's totally crazy. And my other point, I don't remember what it was, but, um, so it was really important. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Everything yeah. that we say is very important, Frank. <laughs> Our show is a show of drastic importance. Oh, well, golly. well, friends, uh, thank you so much for paying attention. Uh, if you would like to write in about uh, Lady Mormons or any subject, please feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. That might be the title of this episode. Lady Mormons! <laughs> Or give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click that like button. And if you'd like to join one of our members-only lounges, you can do so by going to our website, thankgodimatheist.com slash members-only. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. And thanks to all y'all for tuning in. We sure do appreciate you. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.